I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 93 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter, episodes 88 through 92, where Netero fights in an alternate dimension, Gon learns all about debt accrual by fighting, and extra hands make the face go away. Yeah, we all learned that in our our children's cartoons, that extra hands make the face go away. I don't know why that- Extra hands make the face go away. We all remember this. Sing along at home. (laughs) Extra hands make the face go high. Okay, I'm just gonna throw it out there that most people know that, like, I did not expect that was coming, but whatever, let's jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty hey, obvious that we improv that shit at the beginning. I guess as soon as you start talking about whatever it is after I say, but yeah, <laughs> I also did not expect to do that. It just happens. Yeah. So uh, before we get started today, uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Uh, last week, Blake's computer, uh, uh, what shall we say, shit the bed? <laughs> it keeps doing it, but I've had it on for a while today, so I think it's fine. I did. Yeah. So I woke up. The first thing I did when I woke up and got out of bed this morning was uh, turn on my computer and get set up to record the podcast. And that was like five hours ago, <laughs> maybe more, because <laughs> uh, I wanted the computer to like work fine. And then it froze like twice. And then I finally got it up and I texted Spencer and I was like, hey, I'm good to go. And then he had something going on. So we had like postponed it. <laughs> And it froze like one or two times when I came back from lunch, but it's it's been fine for like more than an hour now, so it should be okay. Yeah. So if it you is dying. if you want us, we we're gonna start a we're gonna start a GoFundMe for Blake's dying. Computer. Yeah. Please press F to send <laughs> respects for my computer. Um, so I have, uh, I have two notes. One is anime related. The other is not, but I, before I wanted to do this, just like a really quick recap of the conversation you and I just had before we started recording, which is to say that we have both been watching anime external to the show, which is kind of always true. Um, I watched the first five to six episodes of Demon Slayer recently, which is a big, uh, it's my understanding um, as somebody who doesn't read too much about like demographics and ratings and stuff for for current season anime, uh, Demon, Demon Slayer is one of the big anime this season, I believe, and it's very good so far. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Hunter x Hunter as far as the way that it does a, um, I don't know what i don't know what the opposite of decompressed storytelling is i guess it's compressed storytelling but that sounds maybe not completely representative but like it it gets through a training arc in like one episode it gets and it's interesting the whole time it goes through uh the course of like a two-year time frame in about two episodes but it feels natural and it makes sense uh it's in the way that Hunter x Hunter does versus like a Naruto is a good example of something that spends a lot of time on training and kind of drags it out a little bit. Uh, it's real quick paced storytelling, but uh, it also has badass fights and really sort of swells of excitement and catharsis. It's very good so far and I'm excited to watch more. Yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I've been watching a uh, fantastic fucking show that's made by one of our favorite creators of anime um, called Fire Force, and we haven't really talked about this that much, but we're in the middle of watching Soul Eater, um, and Fire Force is, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if I would say better than Soul Eater, but it is very different in a fantastic way. Yeah, it I think is we talked a about very, it. very good show. Oh, I know we've mentioned it on a Soul Eater specific episode, so if you don't listen to those, this will probably be the first you're hearing of it. And uh, I think we talked about the first episode then, but you've watched more since then. Oh, yeah. So I am uh, I am just finishing episode four, and it, it, it sort of does the Soul Eater thing where it's just like the first two episodes are for you to meet the characters. 
And then episode three just fucking throws you in the deep end. And then episode four throws you way further in the deep end. It's just, it's a very good show, you guys. And one of the things that I I think is so interesting about it is the premise of the world is very, very interesting because it deals with something that's very specific and very, very niche, which is pyrokinetics. So the people inside of the world have the different abilities called pyrokinesis that all has to deal with fire. And they're dealing with these people that are spontaneously combusting and turning into infernals. Uh, they're like basically turn into like fire monsters um, for some reason that is not explained to me yet. Um, and, you know, you should watch the show so you can figure out what's yeah, going I'm on. I'm assuming with it. that's one of the um, central <laughs> mysteries of the show. Yes, it is absolutely the central mystery of the show. But the fantastic part about it, the way that the story is told, is that all of the different characters um, that that have this pyrokinesis ability, they use it in completely different ways. So it's just like, it reminds me of like Avatar The Last Airbender when you have like, you have like firebenders, but a lot of different firebenders are very different. Like um, uh, his sister can use lightning and, uh, his, his uncle is known as the dragon because he's able to like spit fire on command and yeah, it he spits hot out. Fire. <laughs> yeah. His name is Dylon and he spits hot fire. <laughs> but anyways, that's, that's the show that I'm watching right now. Uh, Blake also has uh, another thing to talk about. I have two other things. One is anime related and one is comic book related. So sort of anime adjacent or I guess manga adjacent. So the first thing uh, anime related specifically related to One Punch Man. There is a One Punch Man fighting game coming. It is called One Punch Man colon a hero nobody knows. And what I think is so cool, uh, just in general, it fighting games are really common for shonen anime because they are about fighting it makes a lot of sense and the thing that i think is really interesting and exciting about this game is that uh saitama is not a playable character because in the show he can defeat any enemy with one punch and that is also true in the game so the game is about you playing as the other heroes from the show fighting the villains from the show and the timer that you usually have in fighting games is replaced by a picture of Saitama rushing to the scene with a countdown until he gets there. And your goal is to survive until he arrives and the fight ends when he arrives and punches out the villain in one hit. And (laughs) I love it. That's such a cool concept. It takes one of the basic conceits of the countdown fight in fighting games and turns it into an in-universe sort of meta thing. And it's great. Uh, It does have the picture of the alien dude from the end of One Punch Man Season 1 who was not beaten in One Punch. Yes, Boros, uh, from the Magic the Gathering Boros Legion on the plane of Ravnica, (laughs) uh, using his, I guess, white magic to shield himself against the deadly punch. Um, As foretold, he was white and red and usually had haste. (laughs) That's correct. And sometimes double strike. So he, uh, yeah, so he's on there. So I don't know if Saitama is completely unplayable in the game or if he might be. I, I would kind of assume that they will make him playable, but nerfed so that you can at least have fun playing as him as a character. Uh, and or that he will be up here in a sort of boss fight against Boros. I don't know. That is complete conjecture, just sort of assuming based off of what I would think to do if I were kind of designing the game for the fans. Um, So who knows? But uh, otherwise, it looks really fun, pretty standard uh, kind of Street Fighter style, more or less 3D models in a sort of to the side 2D style fighting game. Uh, It looks pretty fun. I don't know much about it beyond the basic conceit, but that's cool. It's exciting to see that game coming out. It's going to be for PS4, Xbox One, uh, maybe for uh, Steam. Not sure. I don't. I don't think it's for the Switch, um, but it'll be for the other big ones. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on that. That was just announced recently. Um, and then in comic book news, I have a, a personal friend who has made a comic. Uh, it's called Distant Shores. 
and it's available on Comixology. Uh, it's actually an anthology comic series. Um, the author, my friend, his name is Dane Styler. That's D-A-N-E-S-T-Y-L-E-R. If you go to Comixology, you search for Distant Shores or for Styler. Uh, you can find him and the comic that way. He's the only Styler result I checked. Um, and Distant Shores brings up his comics. So there are two issues out right now. They're each about 32 pages with three short stories in them. So for the first one, you get uh, superhero stories. You have one story about a character named Kid Chimera and his partner Charlotte, who infiltrate a top-secret science laboratory to learn more about Kid Chimera's parents. Then a young man faces unforeseen consequences when he steals the power of a god. And then, in a world of escalating climate change, the adopted son of a Filipino fishing family confronts his destiny. Um, Distant Shores is also, it's got a lot of different, um, like, different uh, diverse characters. So um, if you're looking for more diversity in comic books, that's a good option. Um, Dane also was talking to me about the comics so that I could kind of share it with you guys. Um, And he said that it is him writing the comic book stories that he got tired of waiting to have the big publishers tell. So it's an anthology of different kinds of stories that he's been interested in seeing. And um, they're always going to be told with some elements of fantasy and myth. Uh, He... He will be exploring a connective tissue in later issues that binds the stories together. I'm not sure how closely they'll be bound, if it's going to be like a shared universe like Tarantino or more of like an MCU connection. I'm not sure. Um, but he he did mention Black Mirror specifically connecting their stories and that it would be somewhat similar, but also uh, obviously its own thing. Um, the next issue, which I believe has come out since we spoke, uh, since we were supposed to record this last week, uh, it in, it's more of a horror issue. So it involves vampire Vikings, werewolves in the future, and digital ghosts. So uh, if you're into superheroes, the first issue is going to be your jam. If you're into horror stuff, the second issue is going to be your jam. Um, it is also on Instagram. It's just distant.shores on Instagram. And you can find a lot of clips of the artwork there. And the art is very good. Um, and uh, there are uh, 500 listeners. That's not right. Uh, the 500 um, subscribers to his Instagram page, he's going to release six pages um of a new story from a character from the first issue and he's like 10 away so if you are interested in those (laughs) comics check out his instagram to see some of the art clippings if you're not sure if you'll like them that will probably sway you because the art is really really good Um, and that again is distant shores is the comic series dane styler is the author and that is available on comiXology all right yeah so the last thing that we uh, we were going to talk about really quick before we get going is that we have a, another wonderful listener who sent us an, uh, another review, um, and these things just make me really happy. Um, so this one is Ricky underscore Lemon, um, who uh, says that yes, that- we don't uh, pronounce things a hundred percent right sometimes. The Japanese names that we're covering. Uh, which I, is absolutely true. I think it's more <laughs> fun n- not to shit on the review at all, but I think it's more fun to point out that you and I rarely pronounce things the same. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, also, is so, this Liz Lemon's brother? Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, so uh, they they said on there that um, that they they wanted to rate it higher, uh, which is something we love to hear. They give us five um, out of five stars, that, just for context on that. Yeah, I think I think legitimately we've only had like one low person rate us, and it was like it, it's it's like a three star review, and they were just like they were just like 
oh, if you if you just like the fights and anime and stuff like that, why don't you just watch Dragon Ball Z and shut up? And I was just like, it's called Get Jumped in yeah. the title, guys. We also what? explicitly what? state that Shonen is our preferred style and Dragon Ball Z is not the only one of those. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or in fact, not, it's Dragon also not Ball- the best of those. <laughs> Yeah, Dragon Ball Z is inferior to Dragon Ball, and in dra- then Dragon Ball is inferior to a lot of other anime, I, um, in I my think opinion, the Dragon Ball statement is debatable, and I think it's an interesting debate worth having, but I have not seen all of Dragon Ball, so I am not qualified to debate it with you. <laughs> well, I, I have re- seen all of Dragon Ball. I am watching Dragon Ball slowly on Hulu, and I am rereading, or I guess for the first time reading uh, Dragon Ball Z in uh tanko bond form so i am slowly but surely consuming both halves of the story right now uh but i don't have enough information or recent familiarity in the case of dragon ball z to debate it anyways we should go ahead we should have that debate as like a future uh convention panel (laughs) yeah anyways Uh, okay Um, let's go ahead and jump in and let's let's see what happened in hunter x hunter before we got started on it (laughs) hunter x hunter is a story is set in a sort of fantasy world uh that both involves like modern technology and cities and also large unexplored areas and it focuses on these characters who have the title of hunter so a hunter is kind of broadly a an adventurer explorer kind of type like uh, sort of an indiana jones anime um, some of them are in fact uh, artifact hunters which would be like anime indiana jones some of them are like gourmet hunters which is like toriko people who are looking for animals and cool recipes and shit some of them are explorers blah 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 there's all kinds of hunters but they are basically uh sort of licensed badasses in the world uh they answer to sort of in a loose sense what's called a hunter association and right now the president of the hunter association has become one of our focal characters he is an older guy named netaro we've seen him before he met our main main characters a while back he has now come into focus because there is a crisis that he is investigating with a small team of hunters um, the crisis is relating to this animal called a chimera ant. They are literally ants. However, they have a specific ability that makes them super dangerous and has kept them in quarantine in universe for a long time. That ability is that they have a type of, um, of ability to pass on genetic material in their um, progeny so they have a ravenous appetite and when they eat something they sort of hyper evolve basically the traits of the thing that was eaten so these ants maybe eat a dragonfly and then their next generation of ants have dragonfly wings in addition to their ant bodies and then they eat a frog and they have frog legs and so on and so forth and so The chimera ants have uh, sort of exploded in population. I guess one of them escaped quarantine without anybody knowing it. It was a queen, and so she is huge and is feeding a lot and uh, planning to give birth to a king. And unfortunately, the chimera ants have been feeding so much that they've gotten bigger and bigger, and they started hunting uh, humans and now have been hunting and eating humans for a while, and so they have all become basically anthropomorphic animals with uh, ant-style appendages. Um, They have become very powerful. They have started to find and kill and eat humans that can use the Hunter x Hunter version of their, their sort of magic system. It's called Nen, and this is making the ants very powerful. They are already pretty strong naturally, but now they're gaining access to the sort of magic powers of the Hunter x Hunter universe. So Netero is investigating. Meanwhile, the Chimera ants have been kind of creating their society, and the queen has um, already laid the eggs for the three royal guard members that will guard the king, two of whom have already hatched. And the king himself is um, still gestating, uh, but has been for a while, so we're expecting him to be born any day now. 
Um, meanwhile, our main main characters, who uh, consist of Gon, who's been our main character from the beginning, and his best friend Killua, they are young kids, about 12 years old. They are both kind of prodigies in their own way and have become hunters. They have learned Nen and gone through a lot of things, and they became embroiled in the Chimera Ant thing sort of by accident by running into the mentee of Gon's absentee father, a guy named Kite. They were running around with Kite investigating the Chimera Ants thing. Then they got attacked by one of the royal guards. Gon and Killua escaped, but Kite was killed. Although Gon and Killua don't know for sure that he's dead, and Gon does not believe that he's dead. Uh, they have a previous mentor who has returned, a woman named Biscuit, who has arrived to help train them further in their Nen abilities. And the reason that they are doing this training is because there is a pair of guys named Knuckle and Shoot who have been left behind by Netero's team to sort of challenge Gon and Killua. Um, Gon, Killua, Knuckle, and Shoot each have half a piece of like a shogi tile, which is basically Japanese chess. And they have to get the other half from uh, one of the other pair in order to make a full piece, in order to show that they won, in order to get into the region where the Chimera Ants thing is happening and help out with that. So Gon and Killua are training to beat Knuckle and Shoot in order to get into that region, and that takes us to episode 88. Okay, <sighs> 88 is called Wreck, Paper, Scissors, X, and X Weakness. Um, so this episode, it, it it's... It's, you know, a full-length episode, but it doesn't have a ton of content inside of sure it. Sure doesn't. Uh, really, it really, it, it only, it, it's only two things that really happen inside of it. One, we get to see Netero um, pulling, well, he doesn't pull them in. Uh, one of his, one of his uh, people that's with him has the ability to create a separate space from reality. It's like a separate pocket dimension that he can open up. And basically connect those two pieces of a pocket dimension to each other inside of reality and therefore teleport from one place to another. The other thing that he can do is that he can take other people and things into said pocket dimension um, so so that they can kill them one by one by one. Uh, they are dropping them into this pocket dimension and just leaving Netero down there to just murder ants over and over and over again and the reason why Netero wants to do this is because he doesn't feel like he is uh in in a good fighting shape because he's gotten older as a chairman and also he hasn't been out in the field uh training himself uh you'll see like what his training used to be like at some point in the show yeah. um but it, it needless to say he has not been keeping up his training regimen as strictly as he did before so he's got to get in good fighting shape to defeat the king of the ants yeah, he has also deduced previously, I think we covered this last time we talked about Hunter x Hunter, that he is not strong enough to beat the royal guard, and the king of the Khmer Ants, who has yet to be born, is presumably going to be stronger, if not much stronger, than any single royal guard member. There are three of them. Netero doesn't think he could beat even one of them. Netero's aides think that that's ridiculous because he's the chairman, at least in part, because he is presumably the strongest fighter alive. And uh, so for him to say that he's not strong enough to beat these creatures is uh, unbelievable to them, but uh, maybe he's right. Yeah. Um, the next thing that is going to happen is that Yupi is born. Yupi has a full name, but I refuse to say it. Met, um, <laughs> met to, to Yopi is his full name. No. They all, his name is so fucking Yupi. Each of the royal guards has like a seven-syllable full name, and then they go by a much shorter name. Like, Pito is the first one that was born. That's what we call Pito, but Pito's real name is never Pito. And then the other guy is like Shia Poof, but he goes by Poof. And this guy's yeah. a borderline unpronounceable name. He just goes by Yupi. That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> yeah. Yupi is one of my... Fa I think he's my favorite of the Royal Guard. Yeah, he's um, the best and also the most squandered. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's... No, he's going to have a great fight, you guys. You Don't worry about poof? it. No, his fight takes like five episodes for 30-second in-universe in fight. <laughs> This well, was anyway. his fight is so, where I was like Hunter X Hunter forgot what pacing is. <laughs> but that's a while from anyways, now, so we don't have to talk about that yet. 
So Yuppie is this fantastic character because one of his his ability is chimeric. So what he can do is that he can he can um, uh, make his body into different animal species and pieces. I mean, who um, can't think really? Kind of, think kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> think kind of like uh, like Beast Boy or something like that. If you're thinking about like comic book characters to reference, um, so his he he's he's meta like he's he can turn into different things uh, with different parts of his body. He's and maybe more similar to like poof. Morph uh, or I don't know Darwin. I guess Darwin would be closer. Yeah, because Beast Boy but, just changes into other animals. I don't think he can pick and choose animal parts. Mm. Anyways, um, so one of important. the things that he can do though is is that he can he can uh, like he sees Poof fly at one point, and so he decides that looks fun, and so he just grows wing- wings and then just like slams in the side of the building, and he's like, "This is hard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a pretty fun character. The other the other royal guard. So there's like uh, Pito, the first one. She is kind of she's got the cat girl thing going on, but very muted and she's kind of sadistic and seems like a little childish and playful. Poof is very like queer, queer subtext. He's very light poofy. He plays violin a lot. He's always kind of airy and off doing his own thing. Yopi is the strong, angry, silent guy who is always stomping around and crushing things and very powerful He's really large and imposing. He's like, he looks like this large, um, like sort of deep red, maybe crimson, like skin or fur. I'm not sure, um, like muscle dude. And then he will become more animalistic as he uses his chimera abilities throughout the, sh- the arc. Um, so they're born. And then uh, Gon and Killua are doing a lot of training. They finally reached this level of sort of endurance training that Biscuit was hoping to get them to. And so she has them go to fight Knuckle, but for real this time. Uh, because they'd had a few yeah. skirmishes, but this time it's going to be a real fight. And that takes us to episode 89. Yeah, so 89 is Compassion X and X Strength. This episode is going to show the difference between the power level of Gone and Knuckle. And also kind of start to show off that Knuckle is actually super compassionate. And that's one of the reasons why he's having such a difficult time fighting against Gone, but also, um, you know, not just teaching Gone what Gone actually needs to know. And they, so, like, they also Gon's- point out that this is one of the reasons he did not immediately get into the region with the, um, the Chimera Ants. Because he has befriended this dog, and we will discover that, like, the dogs in the neighborhood have become his friends. Like, each time there's more and more dogs. And he he basically, he takes too much compassion on Gon in their fight, which we will see. But he also loves animals, and animals love him. And basically, like, he's not, he's not weak, but his personality and his affinity for animals has made him maybe not the right man for the job as far as eradicating this animal species that has, you know, endangered humanity. And so the reason that he's left behind isn't that he's not strong enough, it's that his disposition might not be correct, and that's why he has to stay behind and fight gone instead of being able to go like the other people with Netero. So one of the things that Knuckle is also going to reveal inside of these fights is that um, he's going to start to give Gon advice in fight form. Um, so when Gon starts to use his ability, which it will get a name of Jajenkin, which or Jajenkin, how, how is it pronounced? Jajenkin. Jajenkin. Um, so the way that, that Gon comes up with this is that Gon wants to call it um, uh, Junkin, <laughs> but he like stammers at the start, and then Knuckle is just like, "That is a great name." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's gonna call it something. Uh, Jen- Junkin is the name of rock paper scissors, I believe, in Japanese, and that's what his attack is based on. And he like. Jaja, they say it in the episode and I didn't write it down uh, exactly because I took the notes after I watched the episode. But basically, like, it it becomes a portmanteau 
that means something like, I don't know, enthusiasm for rock, paper, scissors, some shit, some, some anime stuff. And, uh, it works really well for Knuckle, but that's not what Gon intended. He just was caught off guard and started to say John Ken, but he stuttered like I just did. So uh, yeah. that becomes the name. <laughs> it could happen to anybody. Anybody it, could stutter. Even a super professional podcaster. Spencer? Never met one of those before. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Um, so the, I'm the Ira Glass the, of anime podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that he starts to point out to Gon is that he um, he says that his ability takes too long to charge. So he's going to announce his ability is being used, and when his ability is being used, he has to focus a lot of a lot of energy into his hand in order to power it up before he can attack. In that amount of time, a good fighter can cover that distance and then take advantage that he has dropped his guard to power up this attack. And so Gon is just like, well, I, I don't, I think it'll work fine. And so he starts to use it. And then um, uh, what Knuckles says is like, I'm not going to give you a moment to use it. So every time he tries to power it up, he ends up like kicking him and knocking him down. Um, but Gon starts to notice that like he is pulling his punches here. Yeah, if he, he really wanted to knock out Gon, he could have. Knuckle also at one point warns Gon that he's about to hit him. Basically, he gets the drop on Gon. He moves fast enough that he's able to get behind Gon and is about to land a hit on Gon. But one of the things about Nen and when you're fighting with Nen is that you, you know, you're supercharging your attacks, but you can also use your Nen to block. And one of the cool things is that, you know, you focus your Nen sort of around to different parts of your body, depending on what you're trying to do. And if you leave your, if you're able to hit somebody with a, a charged nan attack in an area where they aren't focusing, they could be seriously injured or killed. Um, it's cool. It's a great system because it allows for even much stronger opponents to lose by being unfocused. Um, but in this instance, Gone is the one who hasn't focused his nan in the right place to receive this attack. And Knuckle warns him that he's about to hit him and where right before he strikes, which gives Gon enough time to react by sort of uh, um, guarding that area, if not, you know, counterattacking. And Gon realizes that Knuckle has pointed out the weaknesses in his own attack and has been warning him before he's hit him because Knuckle clearly doesn't want to hurt Gon, and Gon is going to use that to his advantage. Yeah. So what Gon does next is that he powers up his ability. When he is powering up his ability, uh, Knuckle is just like, what did I just tell you? I'm not going to let you do that. Did and I when stutter? he goes into it, yeah, when he goes into like land a kick on Gon, Gon is going to move super fast around him to his back and then power up his ability again and go in to punch into Knuckle. But right before he lands the punches, he passes out because he doesn't have enough power. He um, actually we, fakes Knuckle out by using his other technique, doesn't he? He, he does, um, he does uh, what's it, rock, paper, scissors. So he does paper where he shoots his energy out oh, at one point, yeah. doesn't he? Sorry. One time, one time he goes around him to his back, and then uh, Knuckle has enough time to counterattack it, and then the math happens. Um, <laughs> no, that's later. What? That's a, no, they fight again. That they fight in the next episode. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I thought he did the math inside of this episode. I got, no, I got lost like a... inside of these episodes. They all kind of run together for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, and they're also kind of similar to where we left off last time. So yeah, but it, the the short version is that Gon gets the jump on Knuckle and runs out of energy before he's able to land the hit, which causes him to pass out. And Knuckle kind of realizes that he should have lost that fight, but didn't. And Killua goes and grabs Gon's unconscious for him and, uh, you know, starts to head back and is like, you know, we're going to be back here tomorrow night and you better be ready because Gon will be stronger and he will win if you don't react better. And Knuckle kind of taunts Killua and he's like, you, you know, I'm not going to hold back tomorrow. So Gon better be prepared because if he's not, he'll die. And Killua is like, are you trying to convince me or yourself basically? Uh, because yeah. he has also seen that Knuckle is too compassionate and doesn't believe for a second that Knuckle would really fight to kill these kids. Yeah. 
The other thing that we're going to see, uh, I can't remember if it happened in the first episode or the second episode, but we're going to see our first glimpse of Shoot. And also Shoot is going to point out that like he has a perfect chance to take them out right here, but he can't because he's a coward. Yeah. Um, and so it, it looks like he's like becoming devious and then it cuts back to him and he's like crying because yeah. he's just like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's kind of charming. I like Shoot. I've always thought he was, a, I wish he'd gotten like a little bit more screen time. I mean, he's in this a lot, and he gets some moments to shine, but I always wanted just, like, a little bit more. Yeah. The last thing that's going to happen inside of this episode is that Biscuit is going to call Killua the fuck out. She's going to be like, um, you are going to be have to fight, and you're going to have to fight with Gon, and you're going to have to stop remembering that when you were trained, you were always trained to look for an out at all times, because one of, the day, one of these days, you're going to run away, and when you run away, it's going to get Gon killed. So, like, you need to realize that, like, you're either going to have to figure out how to be a better friend and a better fighter and run through your own weakness and fear, or you're going to have to stop traveling with Gon because otherwise it's going to get him killed. Yeah, the, um, the point of this episode is that they both have weaknesses that are pointed out. And it's mm-hmm. nice, too, because they are subtly the same weaknesses as their opponents. Knuckles' weakness is mm-hmm. that he's too compassionate. And Gon's weakness is not that he's too compassionate, it's that he leaves himself open. But there's a unity between the two, which is that their weaknesses are really obvious, and an opponent can pick up on them very quickly and exploit them. Whereas with Killua and Shoot, they are both kind of... They don't say this about Killua, but I think it's a fair interpretation to round his weakness up to he is at least somewhat a coward at all times. Which is to say he's always looking for a way out to save himself. And the way that Biscuit calls him out is that like even despite his companionship and friendship with Gon, if it came down to it, he would probably save himself over saving himself and Gon uh, at the mm. risk of maybe dying in the process. And that basically he's got one foot out the door in any fight that... Um, prevents him from going all in and possibly winning a fight if he had been willing to risk it all um, that he might otherwise lose if he's kind of looking for a way out or looking to preserve a way out. And I love that. I I think that's such a good weakness because it's a really interesting sort of mental struggle. And we're going to see that come into play here in a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. So this leads into episode 90, Interest X and X Curse. Um, So uh, this episode, I I can't remember if it's this episode or the next episode where um, the, um, the, the big, like, reveal starts to build up. Um, that the king is about to be born. I think they start doing it a little bit in this episode, but mostly this episode is about, um, uh, about gone coming back and getting into a very, very serious fight with Knuckle and shoot getting a very serious fight with Killua. And you sort of forget everything else that's happening. Um, the first part you forget about because you have to listen to the most math that you are ever going to listen to inside yeah. of an anime that is not math-based. Because uh, I swear to God, he I, must have been an accountant before he went into being a hunter. Yeah. He's an accountant hunter. I describe, <laughs> So Knuckle uses his Nen ability. So if you, if you haven't been listening to Hunter x Hunter before now, uh, like I said earlier, everybody has Nen. They can also turn this into their Nen abilities. That's what I was talking about when Gon. He uses super-powered punch uh, for his rock, paper, scissors, rock attack. He can shoot his energy out for paper. He can like slice with scissors, uh, but everybody's ability is different, and it's kind of based around their their um, affiliation or affinity, and then they sort of shape it into whatever they want. I don't know why the fuck Knuckle chose this, but Knuckles' ability is super weird. He basically punches some of his Nen, like he creates a Nen creature, not a Nen beast, because that's its own thing. <laughs> But he creates this, like, Nen apparition that attaches itself to his opponent. And it's this cute little thing that has a name that I didn't write down. And uh, it it has this, like, energy interest thing. And Knuckle is going to explain it for, like, probably at least five minutes of episode. It's a very long, very confusing, and fairly boring explanation of how it works but it's based on the idea of 
the interest on a loan bankrupting someone. So, yeah. very simply, so, if you take out a loan, there will be what's called interest, which is a, a percentage of the amount of money you either took out or owe, depending on the loan, um, that will be added to what you owe back. So if you take out $10 and you owe 10% interest, you are going to eventually pay $11. The interest can compound over time, which means it goes up or it re-ups. So it might be an additional dollar every month. It might be an additional 10% every month. And this power is based on that. So it looks at the amount of power you... Like, it, it basically gives you a minimum amount of power that you have to exceed in order to maintain its presence on you. And every 10 seconds or something, that amount of power goes up by a percentage. And so it sort of it creates a snowball effect. And if the amount of power that you require exceeds the amount of power you can give it, then you bust. And it turns into this creature that locks your nan abilities away for 30 days. So Gon basically has to... Incredibly powerful and dangerous. Yeah, Gon has to expend some of his power to keep feeding this, and the amount of power he has to expend goes up like more and more and more over time, while also expending some of his power to beat Knuckle. So it's a precarious situation. Yeah. God, I thought that was a pretty good explanation, and it still sucked. (laughs) Yeah. The the way that I sort of thought about it was in like the I've been I've been watching lately in my like spare time um just randomly I it's it's like I don't know why I've started doing this but anyways um so every once in a while I'll start go, going down a rabbit hole of watching people play the Pokemon VGC championships um and just watching these people play and the other day I watched this team that had a Gengar Parish song. Um, and it was like knocking people out with Paris song. And that made me think about this, which is kind of like, was it, it's was not it about trapping them and Paris longing. So it would use mega Gengar so that it would have its shadow, shadow tag or whatever. Tag, yeah. And then, yeah. And then they would like, it would use, uh, it was used protect over one turn and then it would switch out. And in the same turn, it would switch out another character, uh, Another Pokemon would use U-turn so that you could get the Geng- Mega Gengar back out without it being hit. Cute. Yeah. Anyways, um, so in po- Pokemon uh, battling aside, um, Pokemon this kind of reminded really good, me of actually. that. <laughs> Anyways, this kind of reminded me of that because this ability is not so much that uh, that the character is putting away all of his energy into somebody else so that they will bust and not be able to use their ability. But it's also about outlasting your opponent. So one of the things that he starts doing when he he starts accruing interest with Gon, and he will explain this in later fights, is that sometimes he will get into a shouting match with his opponent while the opponent is forgetting that their interest is accruing. And so they are... They are under the clock, but f- start to forget about it because they're dealing with Knuckle being obnoxious to them. And so it's it's just kind of like this back and forth of it until eventually your Parish Song goes off and you get stuck without Nen. Um, so um, <laughs> That's a good enough analogy. Meanwhile, <laughs> Killua and Shoot are fighting. Sh- uh, Killua is going to have none of uh, Shoot's powers explained at all to him. Other than uh, he is not going to be able to move fast enough to deal with Shoot's ability, one of which is that Shoot is going to be able to reach out and whatever he touches on you is going to disappear. Specifically, he has like three extra hands that are disembodied and floating near him, and one of them's holding a lantern or like a birdcage mm-hmm. or something. And uh, we don't know what they do, but he can sort of propel them out in front of himself. Yeah. And so Killua's trying to knock them away with his yo-yos, but he can't move fast enough. And Shoot almost gets taken out because uh, in one moment when Killua is backing up, he tries to like stand up for himself. And in that moment, he starts to summon his electrical ability. And in that moment, Shoot is just like, oh my gosh, if I wasn't paying attention to this, I would have just gotten knocked out because he notices that he's using the electricity on it and he, he hits him right in that moment. Yeah. Um, and where Which, he hits him is on the side of the face. Again, and the side of his face disappears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to say again, that's I mentioned this earlier, but that's one of my favorite things about the fights in Hunter x Hunter is that almost all of the fights 
are based around a a sort of inner strategy game of where to put my nen in order to defend against my opponent's attacks versus to attack them. Where are they defending so that I can attack them in an undefended place and beat them? And again, if you outsmart your opponent or outfocus your opponent, you can beat them. Like, shoot is stronger than Killua. Shoot in a battle... If we if this were Dragon Ball Z and they had power levels, Shoot's power level would be far higher than Killua's. And it would be no contest. They couldn't win. But the Nen system doesn't work the way power level systems work. It is about focus and uh, attention to detail. And he loses focus a little bit in his attack, and Killua almost is able to take advantage of it and would be able to win. He doesn't win, but... Uh, it's a cool aspect of the fighting that allows these characters to be particularly strong for their age and experience level, but still not nearly as strong as sort of pre-established characters who've been at this for a while, but still able to compete in a way that a lot of anime just hand wave by having the character be a prodigy. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you're hoping for an awesome payoff at the end of this fight, you're not going to get it, because we're in episode 91, The Strong X and the Weak. We come up on Gon and Killua, who have lost. We haven't seen the end of this fight. We really won't see the end of this fight, except for that that Killua and Gon have lost, and Gon now has this uh, little, you know cat monster thing that's on his shoulder yeah, that's taken away his inability. Yeah, and Killua, yeah. his fight at the end of 90 is really good because it's like a lot of internal struggle against this desire to flee, which he is now self-aware of, and him fighting that to be like a more aggressive, like, any you know, laying it all on the table fighter. And so the battle between him and Shoot is a little bit at the beginning, like what is what is Shoot capable of, but it's mostly an inner struggle between Killua and his own sort of internalized cowardice a little bit. And it's very good. But then again, we cut away and we don't really see the fight itself. Then we have the rest of the episode, which is about the king being born. And I fucking hate this episode. Yeah, the king so is mostly perfect cell. <laughs> he looks. He's the most obnoxious character inside of the show. Yeah, it's just. The Chimera Ants arc to me is the personification of Hunter x Hunter's bad habit of building things up and then ignoring the payoff like for example cutting away from the fight and then when you see them next they have just lost instead of letting you watch the badass fight uh which we just experienced in the previous episode uh but like hunter x hunter builds this beautiful world with these beautiful characters it gets you really excited it creates an awesome fighting system it fills it with people who have awesome powers it then builds up conflicts between them and then either doesn't show you those conflicts or talks its way around them and the chimera Mm -hmm. ants arc is a lot of that and the king is like a really heavy representation of that he's also Mm. he is also exempt from the rule of focusing like he's so powerful that it's he's he's a dragon ball z character he looks like cell he's way stronger than everybody around him to the point where he just kind of goes through the world without paying any attention to it and that that is a an archetype in anime and fighting anime in shonen anime and it's one that i tend to like and i just don't like it here (laughs) yeah he's also an asshole to everybody around him yeah, he's absurdly powerful. Um, he bursts out of his mother and basically starts... He kills her in the process. Yeah, not he's born kills her, prematurely. Kills her she's not going to be dead yet. And he decides that he wants to come out and it like destroys her like internal organs. And because of this, um, he's like... He leaves uh, her dying... And the rest of the Chimera Ants are just like, oh, King, like, can you help us do this? And one of the king, the people, like, talks back to him. And so he just immediately murders one of them. And then he starts to eat another one of them. And then the royal guard come in and they're just like, come with us. We made some food for you upstairs. And he's like, fine. And he goes with them and jumps to the top of the tower. Yeah. Meanwhile, the he... rest of the Chimera Ants are just like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, he kills one person for, like, telling him not to do what he's doing or whatever. And then he kills a second one because that person answered, like, he speaks to this Chimera Ant named Colt. 
And then one of the other ones is like, oh, I'll, I, if you don't mind, I'll do that for you. And then he kills that guy because it wasn't the guy he was speaking to. Like, he is a tyrant ruler from the beginning. And he is killing his subjects indiscriminately and basically ruling with, like, absolute fear. He's like, if I have to repeat myself, if somebody speaks out of turn, if somebody answers a question that I posed to another person, like, you're all dead at any moment. And uh, he then leaves. And as he's leaving... One of the Chimerians is like, are you going to help me, like, save your mother's life and, like, you know, keep the queen alive? And he's like, her purpose was to birth me and I'm birthed and so fuck her. And he walks away. And basically the Chimera ants don't, like, they they don't really have any loyalty to him and he doesn't particularly care. Like, he's got his royal guard and they are with him. Their whole purpose for living is to be with him and to take care of him. And then the rest of the Chimera Ants, their loyalty has kind of been to the queen. And his disloyalty to her has kind of schismed their ranks. Um, so Colt is, uh, he is one of the characters that we met earlier. He's one of the flying Chimera Ants who just kind of looks like a a weird amorphous sort of ant bird person thing. Um, and he is going to go call a dick move. Yeah. So he is going to go fly away and he's going to be like, I need to go talk to the enemy because I know that they're over here and I'm going to wave the white white flag to let them know that we um, surrender and we need help to save our queen. Um, And meanwhile, all of the other, like all of the other, like, kings i guess they're gonna like run off and be start their own things i guess and want yeah, the, to become their own king ants they've talked about this before the the chimera ants will like birth a king and then there will be more queens and kings that like offshoot from that colony and they kind of spread out ad infinitum and um the we haven't really seen how this is going to play out with like their loyalty to the king and queen but it, it seems like a sort of biological imperative that will come up eventually. And basically like all of the chimera ants kind of want to go off and form their own colonies eventually. And the king functionally abandoning the established colony to go do his own thing with his royal guard and not give a shit about whether or not the rest of the people are loyal to him frees them to do this. Um, but Colt and a very small handful of remaining characters are loyal enough to the queen that they would rather save her than go off on their own. But most of them are like, she's dying. He left. We're going to go do our own thing. Yeah. This leads into episode 92, One Wish X and X2 Promises. Um, So this episode, I don't know if I like this episode at all. Um, it's going to have a couple of very upsetting things that are going to happen inside of it. Yeah. Um, one of which is that the king is going to come down and just straight up start murdering and eating people um, yeah. in the middle of these towns. Um, he is also going to have no respect for anyone or anything until he decides to punch it in the face or slap it with his tail. And if it isn't basically beheaded immediately, then he will give it respect because it can take a hit, which happens to one of his royal guards. Um, he, uh, he's basically talking about how, like, um, uh, he, he doesn't like the taste of anything except for when he was in the womb, he tasted the like specialty humans that have Nen. And so, um, uh, 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 P2 starts explaining to, uh, Meroem that, or the king who will find out is named Meroem. Um, he, uh, she starts to explain to him that like, if you actually look for them in focus, you can see their Nen. And then he like tries to kill her, um, but doesn't immediately kill her. Um, and he's like, I know that. Don't you think I know that nobody makes me bleed my own blood? Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, he basically, he comes out of the womb knowing all of this stuff inherently and ex- like knowing that he's the King, apparently knowing about Nen and how to sense it. Like all of these things that none of the other ants knew when they were born with maybe the exception of the Royal guard, but that it's like, he's, he was just born. Like he's been alive for like an hour. It's reasonable to assume he doesn't know how any of these things work. And they are like, as his loyal subjects, like not talking down to him at all. Just like very 
succinctly explaining how things work so that he knows how it works so he can use it to his advantage and he is so offended that they would assume he did like reasonably assume that he didn't know how this worked that he tries to murder them like this guy sucks he's a fucking prick is what he is um anyways um so the other thing that is going to happen in this episode is that uh they're going to try to save the queen, um, which does not happen. And in this time, we learn one thing, which is that the name of the king is Meroem. The other thing that we are going to find is a little tiny microscopic baby that is inside of the queen still. And Colt is going to be like, I will raise this baby to the light. It also and everything looks like the light a touches. Fetus. Like, <laughs> it's, it's awful. It's very it. small. It is not the size of a human baby. It is the size of a human fetus, like midway through gestation or something. Like I don't know the exact. I'm not a it's human fetus expert, it but it's definitely like it, even less than like a premature bo- birth. Like it's not ready. <laughs> Still cooking. Yeah. Anyway, and it also looks completely human. Yeah. Meanwhile, Colt is like um, trying to take care of this, and he's like, "I will raise this to be my own child." And Morel, who's one of my favorite characters in the show, who has one of my favorite fucking nan abilities, yeah, he's this cool. big. He's this. He's this big guy that carries around this huge pipe, um, and he has these little teeny tiny glasses. Um, and, uh, he basically tells Colt, like, if you, if you want to survive, you have to promise to never eat another human again. And so Colt is like, um, and the baby uh, is this a, a human. Yeah. And is this a real offer? And it cuts back to Morel and he's just kind of like, yes, it's a real offer. And you can see like, he's crying and other characters are crying too. Yeah. His offer is they're just like, if you don't promise if you if you will eat a human or, or this baby, if either of you eats a human ever, you're not leaving here alive. But if you promise never to eat a human, no one will bother you because I will make sure of it. Yeah, he's a great character. Um, you're going to really, really like him when you see his first fight. I guarantee it. He's like, oh, man, I want to talk cool. about his first fight, but it's not going to. I think it's next episode. I love it. Um, but anyways, uh Meanwhile, uh, Knuckle and Shoot are going to get into a fight with Kite, which is not something that you would expect. Yeah, Kite has been reanimated by Pito's powers, and it is unclear how that reanimation works or how far it goes. Um, Gon is also in a super funk about being having lost. He is almost functionally comatose. Like, he's not unconscious, but he's just kind of sitting there dead to the world in kind of a fugue state. And then he just snaps out of it. And decides that he's going to work harder so that that doesn't happen again. And that's kind of all we see of him this episode. Yep. Meanwhile, Mm. Meruem and the Royal Guard are going to go over to uh, a palatial Hollywood estate and uh, take it over. um, I called it Anime Versailles. It's called East Gorto, but it's it's Versailles. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like the house with too much house that was... Uh, pimped out by exhibit on pimp my ride yeah it's this Um, it's this big um it's this big versailles looking estate with like this beautiful garden all this greenery around it surrounded by a wall surrounded by fucking nothing like desert as far as the eye can see like what is this place yeah like one jackass was just like hey there's water over here yeah, Nobody and else also, can have this water. there's like there is a crowd of people. Like we will see. We I think we see it actually as they're descending on East Gorto. That there's like a huge crowd of citizenry attending. You know the the ruler of East Gorto, and like where the fuck do they live? What is this place? <laughs> they live underground in the yeah. like the Morlocks. <laughs> yes. Anyways, stick with us after this credits, and uh, we will uh, talk about what's coming up next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer get jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Soul Eater episodes 22 through 25. Yeah, we're going to watch Lord Death finally karate chop his way to victory. Or not. <laughs>